0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Engineering Student Experience Podcast. I'm Paul Nissenson from the Mechanical Engineering Department at Cal Poly Pomona. I've received a few emails from students who are in their late 20s or early 30s, and they're wondering if it's too late for them to start pursuing an engineering degree. Most of my engineering students here at Cal Poly Pomona start college immediately after finishing high school and end up graduating in their early or mid-20s. So it might seem like by the time someone reaches their late 20s or even older, they've missed their opportunity to get an engineering degree. But that's really not the case. I've had a lot of students over the years who started college later in life and ended up doing quite well. Some of these students were veterans who spent several years serving in the military right after high school. Other students simply didn't do well in high school and didn't even consider going to college until much later. And still others tried college for a while, dropped out, and then decided to return after several years. In this episode, I'm going to be exploring what it's like to be an older engineering student by interviewing two older engineering students here at Cal Poly Pomona. Eric Belcastro is a 40-year-old civil engineering major, and John Hartman is a 42-year-old electrical engineering major, and both Eric and John have about one year to go until they graduate. I found Eric and John by posting an announcement on my university subreddit page asking for students to participate in this episode, and they both were really eager to talk about their experiences. They never met before the interview, and it was uh, pretty interesting to find out that they both had a strong background in music, and I've placed a link to some of John's music in the show notes. During the interview, Eric and John discuss why it took them a while to pursue a bachelor's degree in an engineering discipline. They talk about what the transition back to school was like, and what their day-to-day experiences are like in the classroom and walking around campus as students who are significantly older than most of their classmates. Eric and John also spend a lot of time discussing the importance of time management and treating school as a full-time job since engineering programs typically require a lot of time to do well in. And toward the end of the conversation, Eric and John provide some advice for any students out there who are older and are thinking about pursuing an engineering degree. I really enjoyed recording this interview for a couple reasons. First of all, Both Eric and John are about my age. We're all in our early 40s, and it was really fun to talk about various common cultural experiences from our youth, like watching music videos on MTV. As I get older, I find myself having less and less common shared cultural experiences with my students who nowadays are typically half my age. I guess this is just a natural part of getting older. The second reason I really enjoyed this interview is because it was the first interview I conducted in person in over two years due to the pandemic. I've become so used to recording interviews through Zoom that I forgot how nice it was to be physically in the same room as my guests where I could more easily read body language and make eye contact. And conducting this interview definitely felt more natural compared to the many interviews I conducted through Zoom during the past couple of years. We're finally at a point here in Southern California in late spring 2022, where I think I'll be able to record most of my future episodes in person. I really hope so anyways. And now let's hear from our two older engineering students, Eric Belcastro and John Hartman. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, I am here with two wonderful engineering undergrad students who both have a trait uh, that's in common between them and uh, that's gonna be very relevant for the stuff that we're going to talk about today and that trait is they're about the same age as me welcome to the podcast Eric Belcastro who is a civil engineering major
1: absolutely yeah that's me I'm the guy
0: <laughs> and we also have John Hartman who's in electrical engineering yeah, thank you nice to be here um, what I'd like to do is first, before we even get into any questions, I really want to just enjoy this moment for a second, because this is the first episode I've recorded with people in person since uh, March 6th of 2020. Wow. It's over two years. We're recording this in uh, April 29th of 2022. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> I saw at least one of your podcasts when I was applying for this goal. It was good. Okay. Yeah.
0: It made you want to come?
1: Well, you interviewed a structural engineer for a little part of it, and he explained what structural engineering was, and it was a good explanation. Oh, maybe it was the
0: episode of, uh, what is civil engineering? Yeah, probably. Okay. So today we're gonna be talking about what it's like to be an older engineering student. And I think it'd be helpful to go all the way back to let's say high school times, which for a lot of students here, at at any university, most engineering students, that was just maybe a year or two ago for them, much easier to remember for me. It was for all of us, it was literally like over half our lifetimes ago. So, Um, but still let's let's dig back into our memories and uh, maybe we can start with Eric. Um, What was high school like for you, let's say academically? How how were you as a student? Did you ever think about at that time going to college or did you even know anything about engineering at that time?
1: No, no. I, I was, up until eighth grade, I was a straight-A student, and I worked very hard. Uh, the school I went to, unfortunately, was a very, very bizarre place. It, was, uh, it really was actually branded as a cult. And uh, I went from there to a public high school, which was wonderful. So, so good to just be around normal people, and I was so happy to be there. But I wasn't, at that point, I, I don't think I was really fixated on academic, you know, Progress and engineering and and career. I really just wanted to be done with it and work a job at that point. Mm.
2: And how about you, John? Uh, Yeah, pretty similar story, I guess. Uh, By the time I got to high school, uh, I went to a private high school, uh, Damien High School in Laverne nearby. And uh, I had just gotten, that was my 13th school I had been to because we moved around a lot. And I had no background in math at that point. I had gotten straight Fs my eighth grade year, but transferred to a different school, and they lost my transcript, so I got into that school. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I continued to get straight Fs uh, my uh, freshman and sophomore year of school, because all I did every day was watch MTV and play guitar five, six hours a day. That's all I cared about. And by the time I got to my junior year of high school, an academic advisor had seen my transcripts, and it was like, hey, there's a there's a problem here. You're not going to graduate. We have minimum standards that you have to meet. Have to be a 2.0 to even graduate from here, or we have to kick you out. So I did night school, like four or five hours a night, and graduated uh, third from the bottom of my class. <laughs> but you made it. But I made it. Yeah. Okay. That was back when MTV
0: used to have music. Yeah, it was music. only <laughs> music. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What happened to you, MTV? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so now we're at the end of high school, you both made it. Take me from that moment uh, where, you, where you graduated high school until you started really thinking about pursuing an engineering degree.
1: Yeah, I mean, out of high school, I just worked a lot of random jobs. Um, uh, I was a musician also, you know, so I, I performed a lot, played a lot of artsy rock music and Indonesian gamelan and, Um, stuff like that and I, um, I at some point I was studying so much math and physics and biology in my free time just because I'd like to read a lot and I would hear all these claims but I couldn't really understand I had to take everything at faith and that just wasn't very satisfying to me like I wanted to understand something and actually like kind of assess all this stuff for myself and so I started studying math and I, I taught myself calculus. I studied Fourier analysis and wavelet analysis and stuff like that before I went back to school. And at some point I said, I'm, I'm studying so much stuff, I should just go to college. And so I went to school the first time at 26. And I was really scared though because I, I wanted to be a physics major. And that seems so scary because who am I to try to study physics? You know, I, I could crash and burn. And, and, but I did really good and I loved it and uh, three and a half years into the bachelor's into undergraduate, I wound up actually taking work. I was living in a rural area at that time and I was uh, commuting to school in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania. This is over on the East Coast. And I uh, wound up actually taking work when it was offered to me to work for a nonprofit environmental law firm. I, I don't know if I want to get into that whole story because it would take up too much time on how on earth that happened. but needless to say, I wound up being a community organizer and a public speaker and I was traveling around. Ohio and Pennsylvania for a few years doing that work. And that was really, really actually an amazing experience. I got a lot out of it. I was really planning on just going back to school and finishing my degree. But I traveled across the country to Northern California, you know, build a cabin with a friend. And I wound up, uh, because I had that physics background and the math background, and because I'd also done a lot of remodeling work and some rough carpentry work, I I started getting into tensegrity or floating compression and I started building these structures and, and reading a lot of research papers about them. And I kept building them and tearing them down and building them and tearing them down and buying tension cable and hardware in my free time. And I just kind of was obsessing about it at the time. And one of the structures that I built, I put in a friend's garden and a landscape architect saw it and he wound up bringing me into this project and I designed a playground and, and, and constructed it. and in a larger space that's like a kid's garden. It's like a space for kids to go and plant vegetables and, you know, do this whole thing. And so that whole experience kind of just, and I'd read a book about structural engineering that a friend had given me, and I realized that I can't just keep going in this direction without, I need to be competent. I need to know what I'm doing, you know, and if I want to keep building up, building larger and larger things and and doing interesting stuff, and I'm a total nerd. I love math and physics. I love building things. So it just made sense. And it was kind of one of those things when I decided, okay, I'm going to go back to school. I'm I'm for sure going to do this. Uh, How how old were you at that time? uh, Well, I was 36, I think.
0: So about 10 years went by since you started your physics program and left it and then went back to that. Okay.
1: Right. And I, I still. Yeah. So I It's weird, when I made that decision, there were so many amazingly good things that happened at the same time. It was like, life was like, yeah, man, do it, (laughs) do it. So it felt good, kind of felt like I was riding a wave and it was the right thing to do, so.
2: And how about you, John? Uh, A very similar story. Uh, I think straight out of high school, I was interested in trying to get into the music industry. Uh, I had a choice, Uh, I was living with my grandparents and my grandfather gave me a choice. I could either, when I graduated, I could get a car from a graduation present or I could get a multi-track recorder, digital multi-track recorder. I chose the multi-track recorder. And uh, I remember it was $2,500 at the time. It was just like what you're using now. <laughs> and uh, just an eight channel digital multi-track that recorded on a SCSI drive. And uh, I got a job working at a jingle house in LA, which like did uh, television commercials and uh, like you know, like just they did like Michael Jordan and you know Adidas commercials, and they gave me. I thought this is amazing. I'm gonna get a job at least doing music, putting something on like a you know, on a commercial. And the guy was like, No, no, no. You're not doing any of that. You're gonna get us coffee, and you're gonna, you're gonna edit the black in between the uh, the commercials because usually it was snow back then. That's like this what the signal produces on television. So you actually have to record the black in between. So that was my job was to fade the black in and then fade the black out. <laughs> I did that for about three weeks before I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> and uh, I started playing in bands. I hung out with a bunch of guys in uh, sort of the Silver Lake ish kind of area. Not Silver Lake, but uh, More Highland Park. I started making some connections and uh, playing around and eventually uh, I ended up playing with this guy named Ben Vaughn who did TV show music. He did like third rock from the sun and that 70s show, like those kind of things. And I was like, oh, wow, I finally get to do some music with somebody who's done something, like who's in the, you know, in the know. <laughs> and that lasted like a few months before he was gonna have this huge deal with Tower Records and then Tower we- Tower Records went out of business. Yeah. <laughs> so that fell apart. And then that same year I got, a, uh, I got hired into another band and we went to England to record this like huge record had this huge budget and I was like wow this is it was another like this is it finally now that last thing didn't work out but this is gonna work out came back from that and the deal to for the it was supposed to be for some movie that was coming out some like Drew Barrymore movie or something and that fell apart (laughs) that deal and it was a really expensive record I think they lost a lot of money on it but that ended up not working out but while I was there I noticed that all the equipment they had was from, like, the, I don't know, it looked old. (laughs) And I asked about it, and I was like, it was obvious to me that this equipment is what made the difference between, like, commercial music that you hear and, you know, the music I was making, which sounded terrible. You know, at least the recordings were pretty bad. And uh, so the engineers there explained to me what it was, who invented it, all this stuff, and that I could build it myself for significantly cheaper than what I could buy it for anywhere. So I started looking at forums and stuff when i got home and i started buying uh, these kits from uh, electrical engineers who put these kits together for hobbyists to put make their own studio equipment so i put together my own recording studio over the years starting in like 2007 2008 and after a few years i had almost everything i needed to make commercial sounding music and took me another few years to get the hang of how to use it
0: so you'd be probably in your late 20s early 30s then yeah
2: yeah and i'm sort of kind of getting the hang of it i'm starting to record people's bands and it's starting to sound good the records i'm recording for people sound like records you know so but they weren't those people were having the same success i was having like not any (laughs) so so i don't know it just kind of seemed like yeah you can do this but you also have to be you have to have a heavy investment and people that are investing money in artists that are successful are losing tons and tons of money like it must be for most of them, it must be like some kind of tax shelter or something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's Same thing I think about like fine art sometimes. You know, It's like, how can this be so expensive? How can this break? It has. It's just a ridiculous amount of money that goes into it. Not everybody is lucky enough to be plugged in like that or have the right network of friends, and I certainly didn't. So it just kind of uh, seemed obvious to me that the interesting things that I was, the interesting part of what I was doing wasn't actually uh i mean it w- the music was interesting too but even more interesting was you know the actual equipment and how everything fit together like i was thinking about like uh, a band like nirvana or something like he, when smells like teen spirit came out like everyone's minds were blown like an ed sullivan kind of moment you know and it wasn't just because of that band was great it was also because some british you know some world war ii era guys in england and in the u.s decided to make some hardware so that things could sound loud enough to be heard over the radio and that was the equipment that was used like rupert neve and bill putnam these guys they're like world war ii era engineers and without those guys nirvana would have never happened you know not on the scale that they did and most of like the the music that that we know from that time wouldn't have existed or going all the way back to the 50s like the reason that stuff sounded so great were because of the Audio engineers at that time were electrical engineers also. They were inventing their own equipment and designing it. And I just thought that was really interesting. And I didn't know how to do it for real. And I thought that's much more uh, viable financially, (laughs) you know, so than trying to just put out records on Spotify now and have no one invest, you know, just you're throwing your stuff out into the void. So,
0: How old were you when you decided to pursue engineering? 36. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> By the way, I just, for the listener, I, uh, I I found them both at random for the most part. So they both happen to be really into music. Yeah. And they, <laughs> I guess that no, just happens. Both happen to be about the same age. Sorry, so we're
1: taking over this podcast. We're just going to wax nostalgic about grunge music <laughs> in yeah. the 90s. And this is this is about you guys. It's not about <laughs> me. <laughs> Back then, we used to listen to oh, music yeah. on cassette tapes.
2: People sang with their real voice. <laughs> I had
0: a Walkman. <laughs> So when you both started pursuing uh, your bachelor's degree uh, in your engineering disciplines, um, it sounds like Eric probably didn't have any trouble with the math and the science. He was already kind of uh, immersed in that um, on his, you know, his own interests were in that. Uh, but John, were you? Uh, was it hard for you to get back into the math and the science? Yes, very hard.
2: Yeah, um, I was started in pre-algebra at Pasadena City College, counting on my fingers. I didn't really know all of my multiplication tables <laughs> at that point. I worked mostly in construction, like for side jobs. And uh, I worked in an art gallery for about 14 years and wasn't making much money, pretty much just a little bit above minimum wage at that time. And it was part-time work. So it was like, if I could make a little money on music and combine with that, then survive, that was good enough for me at the time. but. Uh, pretty soon I started to realize not having health insurance and not having all these, you know, sort of necessities in life was gonna be a problem in the future. Yeah, and Eric, I was just presuming that um,
0: the math and the science was relatively easy for you up front, is that, is that right? That's correct. Okay, I, uh, yeah. I
1: still kind of kept up studying it throughout, in little bits of free time. Yeah. So.
0: If you made it through three years of physics, then you probably have a pretty strong <laughs> math background. <laughs> I love math.
1: I love math so much. Yeah
0: well okay so you both were 36 when um uh when you both re-entered uh college and your first day your first classes that you went to probably most of the people were a great deal younger you both went to community college yeah right off the bat or did you go to uh uh, cal poly pomona
1: well so i needed to take one class in order to even apply for like the uc csu schools Mm -hmm. i needed a public speaking class even though i'd professionally been a public speaker I still, you had to take a class in public speaking in order to even apply. So while I was working in Trinidad, not the, it's a town in Northern California. (laughs) Ah, okay. okay. (laughs) So I was working for a guy there just building a shed and transplanting redwoods and and building a fence and stuff. And I would um, go to uh, a community college down there. And I still, I remember the first day of walking on campus, I just, it felt so, so weird because I'm like I'm this old guy, and um but what I've generally found though is is, and this still is true to this day, I do feel very weird walking around campus for me, that's weird, but being in class isn't for some reason in class, I just feel like another student. I'm just trying to learn the same stuff they are. I feel like I'm in it with them.
2: that's how it is for me too yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. in class though sometimes you you hear you know people who are younger like talking about various things in life and, you know, maybe they're having conversations that are, I don't know, sometimes I I hear students when they talk, many of them have very mature conversations but often they're talking about things that are so trivial in life and because they're younger and they haven't got the life experience yet. So I don't know if if you both have had similar thoughts while sitting in class.
2: I find it pretty entertaining.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I, I think I'm just so happy to not be on Zoom and to be (laughs) in person. And, you know, for a long time, I was like one of the only people that would ever have their camera on. I was one of the few people that would be interacting with the professor at all. Because I'm like this old guy. I'm just so happy to, I'm used to working all the time. I don't have that much time to to study this stuff. So to now full-time just be able to study this stuff that I'm super interested in, I'm really super enthusiastic about it. And so I... I, like, really enjoy gauge, engaging in, in, in discussion and stuff. And so now that I'm in person, I really am trying to actually hold myself back from being a loudmouth and trying to, like, listen more because uh, it doesn't matter what age they are. There's a lot of really interesting people in all these classes, and they have really interesting perspectives. They say stuff that surprises me that's kind of deep sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's cool people of all ages. I like I like hearing what they have to say. Obviously, there's, you know, I actually don't hear too much stupid stuff because I'm I'm probably too much in my head thinking about a bunch of stuff. I just kind of I'm not. Kind I of think the
2: students are just different in general in a way. Um, just because you know, like when you become like a junior or a senior, everyone there has had to work so hard
0: to be there. Mm-hmm. There's, de- there's definitely a difference between stu- like when I teach classes that are like first and second year versus you know fourth year. Mm-hmm. You can easily, see, you know, there's a huge maturity difference. Often, yeah, yeah.
1: They've been through the grind <laughs>
2: yeah so I mean, have, they're
0: also just slightly older and maybe yeah. they would have been it's that possible
2: way anyway. yeah, it's hard to know where one begins and the other yeah, yeah.
1: but walking around campus still consistently if I were to put a word to it, I feel like almost like just like a very low grade sense of embarrassment or something like that. It's uh, just yeah. it's that you're just, embarrassed? Yeah, just 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 it's like floating around a notion of all 18 laugh at you. to 22 year olds. Oh. It's not I don't think he was going to laugh. <laughs> and, uh, it's not exactly that sort of experience, you know, like but it is it's still just not feels the dream true, of being you know? in class with your
2: underwear. Yeah, yeah. No.
1: <laughs> no. No.
0: Well, has has the age gap made it difficult to make any kind of friends or or um relationships with students from class?
2: I would say no. Yeah, um, for the most part, everyone's been really gracious and kind of outgoing. And if anything, it's been easier to make friends at school than outside of school, I would say.
1: Well, I mean, for me, I mean, the, the, the variable of age difference isn't as strong as workload because I'm too busy. You know, most engineering students are too busy to have any free time to, do anything, really. It's all so, just small talk in yeah, between this, working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... Um, but, you know, I think just, you know, since since I'm really interested in structural engineering, well, I go to the CCAP, which is Structural Engineering Association of Cal Mona. So here's all these people that are that like to nerd out about structures, and they're super interested in that. So for me, the the age gap doesn't matter so much. We're just all interested in the same stuff, and so it's easier to, you know, have conversations with them. And I always tend, like, intend to go to like different... Um, it's an internet service that's a meetup or something like that, where they have um, different basically groups will meet up for things like hiking, if you're interested in mm. that. I always intend to do those things, but I rarely ever am able to make it to anything. I'm just too busy.
0: So have you had classes where you're older than your instructor? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Was it noticeable? Like I um, mean noticeably or? It wasn't
1: by a huge amount, um, but... Yeah, so that that I don't really think about that too much. I because it's like I'm trying to be an engineer in the world of engineering and structural engineering. I'm I'm a baby, like you're, or maybe you're a, student. a, you're a student, yeah, right? I'm, I'm a like a toddler. So you, you know, in that world, I can maybe crawl on my feet a little bit and say a few words. So if someone's thirty and I'm a lot older than them, but they've had way more experience in structural engineering, then I'm going to look up to them. Exactly. At least yeah. in that sense. Even if I have more life experience, they know way more about engineering than me. So. Uh, I don't have a huge ego about that, fortunately, so it doesn't bother me too much.
0: so they have some information that you really want. and yeah, okay, yeah,
2: yeah. I feel the same way. like every every class I've had where the professor was obviously younger than me, I'm like, well, <laughs> you're you're the one who knows, so i'm yeah. i'm I'm the listener, <laughs> yeah. so
0: I know a lot of you know, of course, a lot of engineering students, you know they go to college right after high school because often it's because that's the next thing. That you know, that's what everyone else is doing. Maybe in their class, or they're getting pressure from family or whatever. But you guys came back to it voluntarily um, because you wanted, you were interested in it. Um, do you feel like maybe you have some sort of motivational advantage because of that over some of your your classmates?
2: I think so. Just just knowing how fast time goes by and seeing, being able to see the trajectory of your life, uh, is a, a strong motivator. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I think when you're straight out of high school, you can't see that so clearly no yeah. so.
1: especially I think this was especially noticeable when I was studying physics, but when you're in a physics department and you're around these people, you realize exactly how smart some people are, and it can make you feel kind of stupid relative to these people because they're sharp they're they're quick um and uh, so I don't have anything other than, I just got normal intelligence, but I have very, very above average enthusiasm for like math and physics and stuff. I really, really enjoy it. And um, so the enthusiasm can help propel me, you know, if I screw up an exam or do something bad, I still love the subject. I'm just gonna keep trying and keep coming at it.
2: Yeah, and acceptance of failure I think is huge and being able to push through failure. I think that's, cause you've got, Gotten a lot of it under your belt by the time you hit forty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all. No, yeah. I've i failed at yeah. many things. Yes. Of, um,
0: yeah. When I when I started this podcast, I was p- very ready for this to have been a, a total failure. <laughs> and maybe it will be.
1: Yeah. We'll see. I think burnout <laughs> is another thing too. Where I I read a, about a, a lot of young engineers going into the industry and burning out when they realize that it's stressful. It's a lot of work. There's hardships associated with it. Um, and I'll run into all that stuff too. I'm sure. But you know, by the time you're 40-some, you've worked so many jobs, you know that they all suck in some way. Yes, so you've got a you choice expect, of what kind of difficulty yeah, you want. Is it yeah. digging holes or is yeah. it doing equations right. all day? So you pick the one that you're most passionate <laughs> about and just know that there's gonna be something that sucks and yeah. you just deal with it. Exactly, yeah.
0: Do you feel like your age has been uh, a disadvantage in any way?
2: Well, the obvious one is how many years you have left in your career. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but but I, I mean, as being like a student in the moment, is is there any disadvantage about i don't think it's yeah
2: necessarily age for me it's more about how prepared i was because i was not prepared at all like i didn't know any math (laughs) physics for me i had to really really take a hard look at it and make sure i could get that b (laughs) you know and there were difficult Bs to get through community college but then you start to get a sense of how much work it takes to to get through it from scratch and it becomes Palatable to to the point where you can even maybe get an A, you know, in a tough class.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I I feel an an ex- advantage. Um, there is maybe one advantage to coming right out of high school, which is you've been doing this activity for a very long time. You're in the flow. You're just used to taking classes, taking exams. When you're just out in the normal working world for a long time, and you're not used to fast schedules, exams, you know, delivering very very efficiently and quickly. It's still, it's a lot to get used to. I think that first semester back, you know, when you're older is is rough, but um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not sure if I have an advantage there or not, or disadvantage.
0: I I know for sure that if I didn't use any calculus for the next 15 years of my life, and then I had to start learning things with calculus, it's going to take a while to get the the motor running again in my head. Um, Do either of you have um, spouse or children or...
2: I have a girlfriend but no kids okay yeah
0: oh yeah because my question was gonna be if you did then then well let me p- put a question a different way then if you had kids do you think that this would be infinitely harder oh yes <laughs> of course <Absolutely>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes
1: I remember so one time my, my girlfriend moved in and, and she had two kids and one of them was severely autistic and it was such a, a really honestly a good experience for me because I appreciate parents so much more uh, kids are hard and so I think there's a certain there's, you know, maturity is very multidimensional. and I think there's a certain dimension of maturity that you get from having kids and from raising them. And I'll never have that unless I just wind up having kids. Maybe I have kids somewhere. I don't know, about <laughs> um, but well, it's, so engineer, it's so hard. It's so hard to have kids <laughs> under any circumstances, even though it's so incredibly rewarding and profound and beautiful. It's it's difficult. So to go to engineering school while you while your kid won't let you sleep and, you I know, and crying every night, I just that would be so difficult.
2: I think it's probably doable. I just I don't think you you'd be able to do it in the same time frame. Yeah.
0: So you both are about uh one year or so from graduation, is that mm-hmm. about right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you guys will get there.
1: Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> Doesn't
2: seem like it, but mm-hmm. it seems like the closer you get, the further away it is. <laughs>
0: so what what are your plans, or do you have any plans once you graduate, once you get that degree finally?
2: Um, I'm just hoping that I can find a job that I enjoy. because I, I, do, do, do you
0: have a dream job?
2: I do, but it's such a niche market, like working on audio electronics, mm-hmm. um, that I don't know if, uh, I don't know how feasible it is. It might be better to get a job in just about any industry first and get some experience and then transition. But as long as it's related to like micro- electronics or signal processing or something related to audio first and then I can transition to that hopefully.
0: Yeah. How about you, Eric?
2: Um, I fairly traditional. I,
1: I think I'm just gonna try to take an internship after the bachelor's and go to masters. You know, it's very important in California, the West Coast, to understand all that seismic stuff. And um so I plan on getting my masters and working for a private and you know, engineering firm and just focus on structural engineering and try to get that competency and and uh, i'll go from there yeah
0: Yeah. so so you both are in your early 40s um do you think that when you start looking for jobs do you think that there's any are you concerned at all about any kind of let's say age discrimination
2: or yes definitely um i don't think i haven't experienced it at school but everyone tells me that school and industry are not the same thing (laughs) so it's something that i would kind of expect because their you know, businesses worry about their bottom line. They worry about how investing in their employees and whether or not you're a good investment depends on how much it's gonna to cost to train you and how long they're gonna be able to retain you after they train you. So, But then I also hear that engineers tend to switch positions a lot after they are hired. So I'm not sure how much it'll be an issue. <laughs> Yeah, kind
1: of like you just said. I mean, and I've heard engineers move around so much that I'm not sure that when they hire someone right out of college, they're really going to expect them to get, be there forty years down the line. But um, you know, I don't know. I'll just I'll just throw my sales pitch out of my. I'll That's think of something. Right? You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, for the price of a twenty-some year old, get a forty-two year old. Come on now same price. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know. I, I actually don't know what's going to happen. I'll just, I'll just do my best. And if I'm super depressed and I'm applying for jobs, I don't know. I'll just keep applying for more.
2: I kind of think of it, at least at the end of this, I'll have the satisfaction of knowing I got an engineering degree. Even if I ended up doing a job where I, it wasn't engineering, I think just to have made it this far is an accomplishment. It's a huge accomplishment. Yeah.
1: Straight up, if nuclear war broke out, I would still be in that library with a gas mask on and studying. <laughs> be like, no, I'm getting this degree. I don't care. Do, do you both wish,
0: maybe the answer is an obvious yes, but do you both wish that you would have started this much earlier in life? Or, or is this one of those things where, you know, you, you have a certain, life is what it is and you develop a certain set of experiences and this is just where you're both at in the moment and you wouldn't be the same person you
2: were. I don't think I could have done it when I was younger. Ah, okay. I don't think I was prepared enough um, to deal with failure, <laughs> to be honest. I, when I was in my 20s, if something went badly wrong, I internalized it and made decisions based on it. And that's less so now. So I think, yeah, I th- I think a few years earlier would have been beneficial, but I don't think too much earlier would have been a good idea for me. Very
1: similar response. I think possibly a few years early, I was very, very busy and had a lot going on. So, you know, there was a few years tacked on there that maybe wouldn't have been totally necessary, but I'm, I kind of wouldn't, I needed all the weird experiences that I've had in life to get me to this point, yeah. <laughs> and it just happened how it happened. I think it's awesome that kids come right out of high school and do what they do and do a good job of it. Um, that's really great for me. I just wasn't there.
0: Was there anyone in either of your lives that was um, maybe an engineer or someone that was really important that played a huge role that you, to, to get you to where you're pursuing an engineering degree?
2: Yeah yeah, for me that was my grandfather and uh I I lived with my grandparents from the time I was 11 until I graduated high school and uh I remember specifically the day that it happened was he bought me a uh, this really fan it was called Price Club at the time before it was called Costco. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he went to Price Club and got me this keyboard that was like $500. It was a Yamaha Yamaha PSR 500 and it had a DC jack for a power jack and I was running in the house and I tripped over it. And it broke and it ripped the dc jack right out of the circuit board it was just a huge chunk and, it, and i was just so upset and everything he was like oh no this is not it's not broken it's just temporarily not working we can totally fix this so he, he had been a um, technician for the phone company uh, for uh, at&t and he took the whole thing apart showed me how to to scrape the traces on the board epoxied the pcb back together and bridged the connections Push the button, came on, it was fine. Like nothing was ever, and I was just blown away. I thought that, how can anyone do that? So it, that seed was always kind of in my mind that you can, there's always more to it underneath that, that is discoverable and anyone can find it if they have someone to so, sort of show them that it's possible.
0: How about you, Eric? Did you have anyone that was special in your life in that kind of way?
1: Um. So uh, no, nobody in my family or, or really friend circle was directly an engineer. So I didn't have that direct connection to engineering. But you know, I did. Have, I have a, a close friend Tara that always just encouraged me to be my like weird eccentric self. And and you know, I my family were all bricklayers uh, for a few generations, and a bunch of stubborn Italians and very strong, cool people. And um, you know, a little bit of their stubbornness. I think is with me and helps me to stay on track with what i'm interested in
0: so right now as you're finishing up school uh how are you guys supporting yourselves do you have a job or is do you have a lot of scholarships or no job funds? for me
2: no scholarships i have a Pell grant and uh, taking out the maximum loan to to live and hopefully i can graduate before that gets out of control
1: yeah similar when when everything was online um, I I had so many friends asking me to do work for them. I had a lot of opportunity to take work whenever I needed it and around my own schedule. My friends were all understanding. So for that portion I did. And now that I just moved down to SoCal to, you know, now that school's back in person, I have not. I'm just living off of student loans and living very frugally, very carefully, just just scraping by and I just obsess about, you know, engineering all day.
0: If you decided to have a job, um, let's say working 20 hours a week, do you think it'd be possible right now to be a full-time student?
1: Oh, absolutely. Just, you know, my grades would suffer a lot. Yeah, you know, definitely. The stress level is already pretty insane, and so I, it would go up even further, um, but absolutely. I mean, people do, I mean, you can talk to people in the
2: I think it's really a trade-off with you have a limited amount of time so if you're going to use that time for anything else whether it's work or anything your your grades are probably going to suffer yeah
1: there's you really have to kind of make it the central focus of your life while you're doing it and um uh, the first time when i was in school i had been used to supporting myself and i found it very very difficult i even though i worked so hard and i got straight a's for like the first two and a half years when i was studying physics, i was like yeah I'm doing awesome. But really, I just felt worthless because I wasn't working. So for me, psychologically, it's very, very difficult. Um, This time around, I don't feel that as much that way. I don't know why I I don't feel that same feeling. I I know that what I'm doing is good and I just need to stick in with it and it'll allow me to get better work. And yeah, this this is the job right now. Yeah, this is the job.
0: Yeah, that's good advice for not just for people who are going back to school later in life, but just any students.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If you can make it work then get work and and make some money it would it would make your life easier to have that money but do consider that if you're probably going into stem that it's going to be difficult the
2: return on your investment is probably higher to just take out the loan and do school yeah. and to make money before because you'll make more money later when you graduate mm-hmm. so
1: yeah i i personally think it's better to if you can everybody's situation is different if you can just obsess over what you're studying really think about it deeply considering everything and try to learn it well because you know you're going to be using this stuff i think because i'm going to find out
0: so eric and john you've both been really wonderful guests and i've really enjoyed this this conversation but before i let you go the reason i i had this episode that i wanted to do this episode was because i've gotten a couple emails from students who were uh, like late 20s, early 30s, and they were concerned. They asked me like, oh, is it too late for me to start engineering? Because most people start, if they're gonna pursue engineering, they start right out of high school or, or shortly after high right. school. First of all, what would you say to them? And for, for people who are maybe in their 30s and 40s and thinking about going back to pursue engineering, it's something they're interested in. You know, What steps would you suggest they take to maybe in advance uh, you know, to prepare themselves? uh for
2: school um and maybe
0: academically or, or even mentally to prepare
2: i would say lighten the load in your life uh if you've if you've got other big aspirations but you're going to have to put them on hold it's a it's all consuming as far as your time goes and your entire schedule is going to revolve around it so be prepared for that
1: yeah absolutely what he just said is is very true and maybe just some practical advice again do keep in mind that even just applying for schools, especially if you're trying to go for scholarships, that means applying for scholarships at every single individual school that you're applying for, even if you don't even get into those schools. It's almost a full time job on top of whatever work you're doing, just applying um, and going for in, in state residents that you really need to be careful about really documenting for several years. You're in-state residents. If you're not somebody that oh, yeah. you know, if you because I live, I've lived in, lived in California for seven years before I applied, but it was still very difficult for me. I had to go back four or five years with so much documentation to even prove it. It was it was difficult. So just you know, be good about that part of it, and just understand the application process does take some time. It's not just a quick one-off little form, and
2: yeah. And you just have to do it. Like if there's a community college you want to apply, just click the apply button and do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah apply That's the whatever. hardest part.
0: Yeah. Just start with one class.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's actually really good advice. Yeah, even just starting with one class and getting yourself, I had to do that. And I think that was actually a positive thing that got me back in the zone.
0: Eric and John, thanks so much. You guys, I'm sure there's gonna be someone out there listening to this at some time in the future who is thinking about going back, maybe hesitant, but you guys are a great
2: example for them. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah,
1: thanks. Yeah, this was fun.
2: Thanks
0: again to Eric Belcastro and John Hartman for sharing their experiences about what it's like to be an older engineering student. I really hope anyone out there who is listening and they're in their late 20s or older and they're interested in pursuing an engineering degree, I hope that it will feel like it's possible. After listening to this episode, I want to remind everyone that you can check out John's music through the links that I've placed in the show notes. I listened to some of his songs and it, to me, it has a very Elliot Smith type of feel, which I really enjoy. And before I sign off, I would like to mention that if you're enjoying this podcast, there are a few ways to support it. You can subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, and many others. You can rate the podcast and leave comments on whatever app you use to listen to the podcast. And finally, you can help spread the word about the podcast by telling your friends and family or anyone else you think might be interested in this podcast. If you have any comments about the episode, feel free to email me at tesepodcast at gmail.com and I'll place the email address in the show notes. I will personally read each email and try my best to respond to them all. I'll take care, everyone.